podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, beautiful friends, pleasure seekers. I hope your summer is going well. I just got back from a family trip and I'm just loving jumping back into the routine of things. As much as I love taking a rest and a break, I find that I also equally enjoy coming back to routine and of course, coming back to you all. And I'm super excited to be here. So couple of things before we jump into today's topic, which I'm sure you're eager to hear about, is just a couple of celebrations. So I recently ended a cohort of the Better Sex of 90s Days program, and I love these last calls and the testimonials are coming in and really looking at the last 90 days and seeing what came to fruition. You know, I think it's always interesting seeing our expectations when we start out on a program and then what we actually get. And I will be having some of those ladies come on and share their story with you all because it's so helpful for me to really hear from that first person perspective about how things shifted and changed and asking those questions. Because as much as I can tell you (laughs) how important this work is or what is possible for you, the more that we hear the stories of women doing the work, of women, you know, liberating themselves from sexual past shame and uh, body shame and resistances and leaning more into pleasure and feeling deserving of pleasure, we all are able to elevate our own self-concept of what is possible. But one of uh, my clients and I, we were giggling because she was like, you know, I went back and I looked at like what was one of the main obstacles that I thought at the beginning of this program. And it was like that sex hurt. She was experiencing a lot of pain during intercourse and pain since having a kiddo. And she was like, this feels like an obstacle. Like it decreases my desire because like, why would I want to be having sex if it doesn't feel good? But then also just her resistance during the act. So if she did get herself in the mood, if she was there and she was having it, it would still not feel very good. And anyway, she was laughing because she was like, I went back to my notes and it was so funny. I've been in here celebrating so much about the new, you know, found desire between me and my partner and this newfound frequency. I completely forgot that it used to hurt. It wasn't even on her radar. And I laughed too because I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. (laughs) Like I totally forgot that it was uncomfortable for you as well. And I just think that this is really worth taking a mention for because oftentimes, especially when we're experiencing physical pain, we want to immediately go to solving this 
problem of like, oh, you know, there's something going on with my vagina. There's something going on with my pelvic floor. And I don't want to say that there isn't, right? I always recommend for my clients to follow up with their OB or a physical therapist, a pelvic floor specific uh, physical therapist, but it also just shows us how important that mind-body connection is and how important our awareness and what's going on with our body and all of the other things that create tension and pain, which is what a lot of pain caused during intercourse is, is so much tension, so much stress, so much holding and gripping in this area that when we start to let go of the pressure, when we start to let go of the shame, when we start to let go of the stress surrounding the act of sex, the pain goes away too. Because you literally find relaxation in your body. You're finding that nice balance of your nervous system and you're able to connect with your body in such a pleasurable and pleasure pleasurable <laughs> um, and less pressured way that you will notice that the tension starts to melt away, the pain, the discomfort, all of these begin to melt away as we meet ourselves where we are, as we really begin loving on our bodies, finding compassion with ourselves, accepting our sex life, and then moving more into desire and pleasure. So I just had to share that story with you because I was going over some notes from our last call and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to share this on the podcast. So I really wanted to share this story with you as I was going over my notes because it's such a good testament of what happens in our physical body has direct correlation with what's going on in our brain, what's going on with our mindset, what's going on with our mental well-being and health. And as you do this work, you're going to notice physical changes. <laughs> Obviously, there's physical changes happening in your brain, but also in your vagina. You're going to notice, you know, desire actually does start changing because of the way that you're addressing it in your brain. So get ready. Better Sex in 90 Days enrollment is coming up. If you're not on my email list, get on my email list. You can join the wait list and be the first to know because I know there's a lot of interest in this next cohort. Get on the wait list. Get on the first to know so you can join the next cohort of Better Sex in 90 Days. You can go to daniellesavory.com slash group to find out more information or just email us at team at daniellesavory.com. You're going to want to be in this. This next group that is already beginning to form is magnetic and magnificent, and I am super, super excited. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic, which is how often should you be having sex? <laughs> I think it's so normal for us to have insecurities around the frequency at which we are having sex. I get DMs all the time on Instagram about, is this normal? Should I be having sex more? My partner doesn't want to have this much sex. Does that mean they have low sex drive? I want to have it more than them. They don't want it enough. And it all comes down to this frequency. And I think there's so much like security that we find when somebody just tells us, hey, you are normal, right? You are in within the normal range. What Ever the F that means. So I really felt like we needed to have a real heart to heart conversation with this 
about the frequency because there is so much that we work up in our heads. It is the root of so many stories that we might have about our partners, about ourselves, whether or not we consider ourselves to be a low sex drive or a high sex drive. And it comes down to how often we think we should or we are having sex. Now, let's just talk about some studies and get some studies out there, and then we're going to really talk about what this all means for you and perhaps a goal of how often you should be aiming to be having sex with your partner or self-pleasure with yourself, okay? So what they found in a story conducted in 2019 was that the average adult has sex about 54 times a year, which is about once a week. Now, this changes a lot. And there were separate studies, not done by the same people, but conducted by a different research organization that really took a look at different age groups. So what they found was that For humans under the age of 30, this tended to be higher. It was about twice a week, which was over 100 times. I think it ended up being 114 times a year. And for in your 30s, it was about 86 times a year, which is a little bit more, right? It's not quite one and a half times a week. It's like 1.3 or something like that. About 70 times in your 40s. So a little bit more than once a week. Again, maybe you have a couple of extra rumps on their vacation and then the rest of the time is average about one time a week. And then later in your 50s, it was almost exactly this 54 times a year. So these are just the numbers. Again, these aren't really large studies. <laughs> Let's just take a note about that. I think that we have to take all studies, especially when it comes to frequency and how often and what that means with a grain of salt, right? We can't say that this is even normal. It is very small pools. We're talking few hundreds of people that are interviewed. And when we think about how many people alone are just in your life, like I know thousands of people, not just hundreds of people. And that's not even taking into account all of the people that I know, let alone all of the people in the world and all of the couples in the world. So I really want you to take all of these studies with a grain of salt. What's more important I think to take a look at here is what we're making frequency mean about us, the meaning that we're assigning to frequency. And then, of course, like I said, I'm going to get to what I would recommend and what I talk to about with all my clients. The other thing, though, that I found interesting as I was researching more on this topic and just from my research and studies in general is, you know, there is the, it's kind of normalized um, in the rhetoric of experts around the psychology of sex and sexologists that the more sex that couples have, and that being like about one time a week, those couples tend to be happier. That couples having sex one time a week did tend to say that they are happier in the relationship and happier overall than couples who had less. What was interesting, though, is that 
over one time a week, there didn't seem to be statistically that much difference in the level of happiness. Meaning that if you have sex, you know, three times a week, you aren't, you know, significantly happier, whether it's in your relationship or just in general than those couples that are having sex one time a week. What I found super fascinating though, was I also found this article that talked about this other study between our happiness and money, right? Because a lot of people, we put a lot of stock in how much money and money, we know money doesn't create happiness, but we do also know that not having money creates (laughs) unhappiness um, in a lot of ways. It creates a lot of stress. It creates a lot of stress in in a partnership, in a marriage, in your family life when you don't have means to an end, right? But it found that with certain income levels that that did not determine, and I don't think this is surprising, that that did not determine the happiness of a couple. Like if you make more money, doesn't assure that you're going to be happier in your relationship, but sex did play a factor. And that that you know, what we do when it comes to sex and that connection does play a direct role in our satisfaction in our relationship. Because if you are in a sexless marriage, let's say, most people don't feel good about that. Whether or not they should feel good or should feel bad is irrelevant. It's just the fact that most people don't. If you haven't had sex for a really long time, even if it's by your choice, usually you don't feel really good about it because you have thoughts that, is there something wrong with this? Should we be having sex more? Do you feel guilty, especially if you're the partner who has kind of chosen not to have sex? Or if you are the higher drive person and your partner doesn't want to have sex, are you wondering what's wrong with you? Are you feeling rejected, right? So it's a lot of the meanings that we make it mean that we're not having sex. That is really at the crux of all of this, the meaning that we assign the frequency to the amount that we're having sex. Because we have to remember here the number of times you have sex is actually neutral, right? This is totally a neutral circumstance. And the reason that we know that is because different people and different couples, even the same couple, but one person in this relationship versus the other person in the relationship are going to have very different thoughts about the number of times they're having sex. So let's say that you're having sex three times a week. And let's say that you feel like that's a lot. You're like, oh, it's so much. I don't really want to be having sex three times a week. It feels like too much. And you're kind of in this place. Now that's going to create emotions that isn't satisfied with your sex life, right? It's three times a week and it doesn't feel good because you feel like most of the time you don't want it. The only reason that you're really having sex three times a week because you're feeling like you're conceding to your partner's desires and needs. It feels more like it's for them. It's not fulfilling. Now, you could also be having sex three times a week and not think that it's that much. You could be somebody who really wants to be having sex every single day and three times a week just doesn't feel adequate. 
So again, completely different thoughts about sex being three times a week. Like, uh, you know, my wife never really wants it. We're only having sex three times a week. Um, there must be something wrong with us. We should be having sex more. Now, these are a completely different set of thoughts. The sex is still three times a week, but it feels inadequate. Where the other person, it felt like too much. But in both cases, neither partner is feeling satisfied in their sex life. They don't feel good about where they're at. Now, on the flip side, you could be having sex three times a week and be like, oh my God, I feel so connected with my partner. This is so juicy. I love having him touch me. I love having these, you know, spaces in between. And I look so forward to the next time we're going to hook up. I can't wait for it. It feels like my whole body is tingling afterwards and that just carries on and it just gets better and better and better. Now that still, again, sex three times a week, totally different thoughts and feelings about it. This is how we know that there isn't one size fits all (laughs) as far as it comes to our frequency of our sex life. Because if there was like a one size fits all, then everybody who had sex three times a week would have the exact same thoughts and feelings about it, which simply isn't the case. Now, when it comes to how often we're actually choosing to have sex and the frequency that we're, you know, having sex with, I recommend that you first take a look at how often you're having sex right now and what are your thoughts about that? Do you feel like it's not enough? Do you feel like it's just the right amount? Do you feel like it's not enough, but not because you don't really think it's enough, but because your partner thinks it's not enough? Just do a brain dump and let yourself see like when it comes to the frequency, where am I at right now? How am I feeling about the frequency of our sex life right now? And what are those thoughts driving that feeling behind it? So if you aren't satisfied with where you're at right now, why not? What is the main feelings that are driving that? Is it guilt? Is it uh, inadequacy or scarcity? Or is it rejection? Like, What are the feelings behind how you're like showing up in your sex life? When we're also talking about sex and the benefits of sex, and I've talked about this a lot of times on the podcast, is there's a number of actual physical benefits to having sex. It's just like if you talk about meditation, you could ask a million different mindfulness and meditation experts, you know, what is the ideal amount of time and the ideal frequency for us to really kind of cash in on all the benefits that meditation offers us? This actually came up on one of my coaching calls recently. As most of you know, before I started coaching, I taught meditation and mindfulness. Now, you're going to get a whole different number of answers to this question. And really, it's like, what are the benefits that you're going for? What is your intention? And I think it is very you know, similar to when we're thinking about our sex life. What is the intention behind us wanting to hook up with our partner or have a self-pleasure session 
to begin with, because that's going to impact the amount that we actually want to be having sex. There are some people in the world that want to be not just having sex a lot, like the frequency, but the amount of time, and they will be having sexual sessions that last hours eight hours, 12 hours. You see this a lot in the tantric sex world. Their intention, what the benefits that they're going for, you know, their spiritual practice lies in their sexual interaction. And so that is going to drive their decision-making process much differently than somebody that is looking for a connection a simple connection with their partner that might have a very different aspirations for what they're looking at sex for. So it's important for us to see like, what are the benefits that you're looking for? What is your intention? And also giving yourself permission that these can change along the way. But for me, when it comes to sex, it's always about number one, that connection with my partner. Right. If I'm not talking about self pleasure, I'm talking about that connection with my partner. That is a huge driving thing. I know for myself and a lot of the couples that I talk to that, you know, if it's been a really long time since you've had that intimate connection, you just don't feel as in touch and as connected to them. So, what is your kind of driving benefit? There again are so many benefits to us increasing our desire and to you know, having better sex and also more frequent sex. And that's more focus, more compassion, more pleasure, more resilience, passion with that spouse that, you know, goes beyond just that feeling like roommates, feeling more present, you know, not to mention that it really helps us find that balance between our nervous system and kind of elevate for most of us that parasympathetic nervous system and feeling that rest and that digest and that sleep and less stress and all of those sorts of things. So when we're talking about the benefits to the brain, when we're talking about how it benefits the cortex of both men and women and our memory and our cognition and our blood flow and our heart rate and really all of our vitals, then what experts recommend is a one to three week sort of thing to enable you to get the benefits and reap the benefits that it is having on your brain, right? When we talk about the hormones that are being released, when we talk about the neurotransmitters that are being released that have a positive impact on your brain, then the frequency is going to make a difference, right? But again, I want you all to give yourself permission that that might not be your goal right now, and that's okay, right? It's just like if you ask somebody how often and exactly what you should be doing as far as exercise is concerned, you're going to have a number of different experts tell you a number of different things that you should do and how often you should be doing it. But really, it comes down to what is the result that you're wanting? (laughs) Because if I'm trying to run a marathon or I've been watching the Olympics right now, if I'm trying to be an Olympic athlete, the frequency and the type of exercises that I am going to do, my training schedule is going to look way different than if I'm just trying to find a little bit more mobility in my rickety knees, okay? (laughs) And it's no different when it comes to sex. 
we really want to get clear on why am I doing this? What is the intent for me? And perhaps what do I think is going to be the frequency of sexual intimacy that I have with my partner, these sexy sessions. Again, this doesn't mean penetrative sex. It's not penis and vagina. Okay. That's another thing that can really help you expand your view of frequency is that it might not always be penetrative sex. Okay. Sex is anything to do with your sexual organs in a pleasurable and passionate connection, right? So we don't need to like (laughs) put it into just penetrative sex and how often you're having that, but really your sexy time interactions, your intimate connections with your partner, the frequency that that will be determined is going to be on what is your goal with having sex in the first place? What is the drive for you? Is it to feel really connected to your partner? Is it to learn how to have pleasure in your body? Is it to help keep that flame and that passion alive? Is it to de-stress? Is it to, uh, what are some other reasons to have sex? Those are some of the good, I think, drivers (laughs) for having sex. Now, more importantly than the frequency is the type of sex you're having. Because if, and I don't mean type like the position and whether or not it's penetrative, but I mean the quality. That's really the word that I was looking for, the quality of sex. Because again, you could be having sex three to five times a week, but if you're having sex three to five times a week and you don't even want to, if you're dragging yourself to the bedroom, if you're kind of just laying there and letting sex happen to you, or if you are the partner that's initiating and your partner isn't even really connected to you while you're doing it, then it doesn't really matter how often you're having sex. More importantly, is this the type of sex that you even want to be having? Are you just having it out of obligation or guilt? Are you having it out of kind of like resentment? Are you using it as a transaction because your partner, you know, completed their honey-do list and you owe them a sexy session and you're just following through with your word, right? So there is reasons behind the sex that you're having. And so if it's not that great, if it's the the reason behind it is a guilt and obligation or shame or any of these other things, is that really what you're aiming for? My guess is probably not, right? <laughs> so we don't really need to focus on the number. We need to focus on why? Like, why am I here? And if I only had sex one time a week instead of three to five, but I was totally connected, it's because I wanted it. It's because I planned for pleasure. If it's because I got my body on board with what was going on, wouldn't that feel way juicier than just doing it a lot of times? So when we talk about all of these benefits, all of the ways that sex can be beneficial to your overall well-being, can be beneficial to the structure of your brain, can be beneficial to your physical self, and of course, being beneficial to your relationship as a whole, 
really what we're getting to is more of the type of connection that you're having during sex, that quality aspect rather than the frequency, because the frequency isn't going to have as much of an impact on all of those beneficial aspects, especially if your reasoning that's driving you into sex is coming from this place that's kind of a dumpy emotion, <laughs> let's say. Um, okay, so how often, with all of that being said, should you have sex? The place that I land with most clients, and like I said, everyone is different, and for myself too, and what I always aim for is one time a week. It is a great place to start from and not just to start from, but to be at. If you're going below one time a week, or when I'm talking to my part, you know, to my clients and those sorts of things about going below one time a week, what is the reason that you didn't have sex this week? And usually these aren't reasons that people like. Usually the reasons that we're not having sex, you know, at least once a week is because of oh, I just felt too tired. My schedule is too busy. I couldn't get in myself in the mood. I didn't feel like it was important. There's all these other things going on, right? We haven't really prioritized pleasure enough. If you're not having sex one time a week, it's a great opportunity for you to look look at the last seven days. And if it's not just some one-off week, like you're being, you're sick or you're not feeling good in your body, or there was, you know, some sort of tragedy or emergency in your family or something like that, why really was pleasure not on the table? Why really was everything else getting precedence and priority over your time, your attention over a pleasurable and juicy and delicious connection with you and your partner? I also like to say that one partnered sexy session, if you have a partner, and then one self-pleasure solo session. Because sex partnered or not, is also an opportunity for connection to yourself. It becomes this gateway for us to be able to take a look at what else is going on. How have you been treating yourself this week? How is stress impacting the way that you're showing up? How are you allowing yourself to receive pleasure? How are you connecting with your body? How are you loving on yourself? How are you projecting onto your partner and perhaps blaming? So one time a week in both of these categories is enough to give you that perspective to see how it is you're showing up. And really, if you're adding on or planning or scheduling beyond one time, then you can still continue to see why or why not am I choosing to have sex? That's really the question that we want to be asking ourselves. Isn't, is it from a place of should? Is it from a place of I get to, I want to, why wouldn't I? This feels so good. What am I prioritizing over myself feeling this yummy connection? And as you increase the frequency, as well as you're increasing the quality, this allows you then to see at a higher level and kind of a more rapid growth pace, 
right? Of what are the thoughts and what are the obstacles that are keeping you from connecting with your body, keeping you from connecting to your partner and kind of keeping that passion and that spark alive. One time a week also just allows you to keep it on your radar. If you know that it's coming once a week, every single week, it is a checkpoint for you, again, to check in with yourself, to check in with your relationship, to check in with your communication, to check in with your uh, stress levels, with your self-criticism talk. I think that sex is such a wonderful place for us to have a checkpoint with ourselves because you can't just show up to a sex session and feel all good and feel all desirable if all of this other stuff has been going on, whether it's just between you and you, which oftentimes it is, right? Is our own thoughts, our own criticisms, our own blames, our own feelings of inadequacy, all of the stuff that we're bringing to the bedroom with us, or if it's a, you know, a checkpoint between you and your partner. So, I would recommend for everyone to just use this as a starting point. Perhaps you find that the place that you feel most satisfied and more comfortable is a frequency of higher than one time a week. Perhaps you find that some weeks, you know, it's not as much, but getting to that place of one time a week as a standard is a beautiful place for anyone to start with because it really is a doable thing. Most of us in our very full and busy lives have enough time to connect with our partner one time a week if they're around. (laughs) And if we're not, then we can simply ask ourselves why. We can simply use this as an aspiration that at least one time a week And if I get to do it more, what are my reasons? Why would I want to do it more? Why wouldn't I want to do it more? So again, letting the frequency just be this kind of springboard for you for your thoughts to help increase your awareness. Because with all of this work, really what we're doing is we're helping increase our awareness around what's holding us back from feeling deserving of pleasure, from feeling connected to ourselves, from feeling connected to our partners in the best way possible and with the level of what we want in our lives and that juicy connection that you want with yourself and with your partner right now and for years to come. Okay, everyone, if you enjoyed this episode and you know other women in your life are also wondering how often they should be having sex, please share this podcast episode with them. Rate it, review it, share it on the internet. I love giving shout outs for anybody that has listened to the podcast and they share a particular episode on Instagram and I would love to shout you out too. So share away, follow along, rate and review. I appreciate you all so much. Have a lovely, lovely week. And I can't wait to talk with you next week. Bye.